You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the founder and CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors, the PR firm that specializes in music tech. And one of the great things about Music Tectonics, the conference, the podcast, the community, is that we get to come across people in all sorts of settings and places and see what kinds of cool music innovation projects they are working on, and then bring them into the studio or the virtual studio and have a conversation. Our uh, next guest, one of them I met several years ago, um, at a performing arts conference. And uh, more recently, we just checked in and I was like, wait, what is this you're working on? And he started to give me a demo and I thought, this is music tectonics material. We got to bring you to the podcast. So on the show today, we've got Mark DeClive Lowe. How you doing, Mark? I am great, Dimitri. Thank you for having us here today. Yeah, Mark is a Japanese New Zealander composer, jazz musician, remixer, and electronic music producer. He's an internationally established artist with over 20 years' experience spanning multiple genres and continents. Based in L.A. since 2008, Mark's released 20 solo albums and hundreds of collaborations on stage and the studio with artists ranging from Kenny Dope, Zakir Hussein, Shigeto, DJ Spina, Sheila E., Kamazi Washington, Pino Palladino, Harvey Mason. Wow, what a list. Recent works have seen Mark take deep dives into his Japanese roots, interpreting ancestry through the lens of jazz and electronica. Mark's a co-founder of Everwave. This is the music collaboration platform um, that we're going to be talking about. He's also the founder of Mashy, ba- Mashy Beats, a creator collector DAO in the making. You're doing all sorts of cool Web3 stuff, Mark. And we've got your uh, Everwave co-founder, Cyril Giro, is with us. Uh, hey, Cyril, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Dimitri, for having us. And you... And I'm impressed by how you pronounce my name. <laughs> I know it's not right, but at least you knew I was talking about you. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and Cyril, you're a French saxophonist who composes and produces, tours and records, creates companies, races sailboats, and plays a mean kashishi. That's that little basket rattle deal, right? That's in... Um, it is, indeed. Capoeira. And, uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> we got sounds. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> and you're also a co-founder of Everwave. And I am. A, a record label called Double One that brings audiences to iconic locations. And you have a music project called Itch. And you also play and produce uh, with the flamenco fusion band Barrio Manouche. Is that right? I do. Yeah. Awesome. How are you, Cyril? I'm very good. I'm impressed by uh, the, the whole setup and super stoked to discuss what we are doing. I'm surprised you actually uh, care about us. Oh, it's man. always cool to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark and I have come across each other at times. And when he started to explain this, I was like, ah, this is, this is too cool. So what is... Everwave. Let's tell our audience there. Who wants to take that one? Well, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Then Mark is going to jump in too. But it's a giant game on a global, it's a global musical game. In France, there's this game called Cadabrexki where you start a sentence on a piece of paper. Uh, this morning, the dog of Mrs. Roosevelt felt ill. And then you pass the sentence to the person next to you and they add on to the story, right? So we do the same with music. Uh, on a massive scale. Nice. It's a collaboration platform where musicians, music makers basically come, listen to music. uh, And this is where we call them waves. Uh, This is why the company is called Everwave because we create waves of music. 
So it start with the it starts with the small idea, a musical idea, a beat, a melody, what's up? And people listen to this and can add to it. And producers can join and contribute and produce versions uh, from the music that's coming in from musicians. And what producers do is they produce building blocks of waves. Hmm. So like a game, you know, it works musically because everything is related to a and one original idea, one origin idea. So we started, that's the, that, let me, so let, this is everywhere. So let, let me ask you, so, <laughs> right, is, is, it's browser-based, right? Correct. Right, so you go to the browser and there's a wave and it's like a seed component. It's like the, the basic musical component that somebody's offering and saying, let's jam on this. Yes, but you, like, now if you go to the app and to the on, online and you go, you see four waves. Some waves are very early on, so they have only two versions. So the first thing you're going to hear is the origin. And then the first wave, for example, is uh, close to an hour long. It's 15 versions. So you hear a piece of music that's evolving with time, with collaboration from people all over the world that don't know each other. So does it? So it looks it looks simple and fun, and this is what it is. It's a bit more tricky than it looks. <laughs> yeah. So so you you see this original piece, and then as somebody creates another version, does it get tagged on to the end of the yes. piece, and it becomes twice as long, and yes. then it becomes three times long, and yes. so forth? I see. And is that how it's meant to be listened? Ultimately, is it ultimately supposed to be a longer and longer piece where you have different Correct. sections? I see. To the I point where. The community at one point was, is going to decide to close the wave. Mm, once it's done, when when everyone says okay, once we when the because because every wave is a decentralized autonomous organization, a DAO. It's a token. It's a community. It's a record label. It's a publisher. It's a whole ecosystem to create together on a scale that's pretty new. Yeah, we, we, we want, I think we, we really wanted to have two fundamental ideas here. One where we're facilitating creative collaboration between people in a way that it's somewhat familiar, familiar through remote collaboration, how we use Dropbox or Google Drive, but to create one home base for that. And at the same time, also totally reimagine ownership and royalties and revenue and splits and really try and do a, do a whole new model for all of these things under one banner which we call everwave got it got it okay so we'll get into we're, we're gonna break we're gonna spend the next half hour basically breaking that all down to see how it works and 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 so forth let me just see if i've got it straight you go to the you go to the browser if you could you get invited to participate you go to the browser you get to hear the piece and then how do you contribute an additional version how do you add to it do you have to download and then re-upload what's the story there's there's two roles you can choose to be a musician or a producer. So the musician will download a version they're inspired by and they can track themselves in their own DAW. You know, we don't want to challenge people's workflow. You create how you create. And then you upload your stems of what you've made to the system, to Everwave. And then the producer comes along and can access this whole stem database, choose what stems they want to download, create their own version in their own DAW, which might be a complete departure from the, the, the version which it came from. They might be like, oh, I want to do a drum and bass version of this, or I want to do an ambient version. And then they upload their version to the wave, 
at which point musicians can then iterate on that version if they choose to. And you get this feedback loop between musicians and producers and kind of almost almost blind, like like almost like blind dating because the musicians upload stems which aren't, aren't immediately audible to the public until a producer incorporates them. But the producer may incorporate them in a different way to the, what, how the musician intended, which is part of the fun of it too. Gotcha. So the musician's permission is basically download the original thing so you can put it in your DAW and start adding stuff to it and then uploading stems. That's what they have permission to do. And then the, yes. pro- the producer has the permission to access all those stems and reconfigure them into a new port, a new variation of the wave and put that up and say, okay, here's part two. Play with that, guys. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yes. All right. You know what's going to make a lot of sense? Something we haven't done on the show before. Let's play some examples. You guys sent some over. You sent over, do you call it a seed wave or what do you call the initial version? Uh, origin. Origin. Okay. So we've got Origin it. version. Let's, let's go ahead and get that going. Mark, are you on this one? Yeah, so so the first three waves of our beta, we had um, a different founder curate each one. So I curated the first wave. So actually this origin version is myself on Rhodes, amazing drummer from LA named Greg Paul. It's just Rhodes and drums, that's all. Nice, okay. So you guys just put this up, just Rhodes and drums. And it's like, well, how does that inspire you? What what do you what do you imagine? What can you hear? It's a really chill groove, Mark. Pretty much straight away we had uh we had electric bass come in and then flute and then and these are all stems that get contributed um in the background basically and harp and trumpets and percussion and a vocal that was a game changer. And so then you get all these Lego blocks that producers can play with and reimagine however they want to. Nice. And so who is the producer for this wave? So each version has a separate producer. I see. Yeah. 
So in essence, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm the producer of the Origin version, but then what we'll hear in a minute is a producer from the UK named Scrimshire who just did his own thing. <laughs> gotcha. You end up with waves of uh, waves, like with maybe 40 musicians and 15 con- producers. And that's you're building a giant band for each wave. Right. And eventually everybody's under the same umbrella called Everwave. And we produce and own the music together. Got it. So it, <laughs> it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cool. All right. Let me pull this one down and let's, let's hear the, uh, why don't we hear the uh, second is it the second wave or the second ver- variation? Is that what it is? Or no, it's the last one. Yeah. It's, it's actually the not the second. Yeah, yeah. It's the 14th okay. I think, version. I, I can't even imagine what it must be like for you to put something up and just not know what's going to happen to it and then have this happen. What did it feel like? What, who, who was the first that jumped in and threw some stems in? The first was um, an amazing flute player named Haley Nicewanger from a group called May Sun. Um, and, you know, for the most part with the beta, we've been curating through our musicians we know and, you know, our own communities and then also adding people who want, who, who've asked to be added. Um, but yeah, it was just great to go to, go to people I know who are amazing musicians and say, this is a different way of creating. Are you interested in helping us test it and be part of it? Yeah. And so then, I mean, there's like a, there's a full on drum and bass version on that wave where the, the flutes are all chopped up and everything's super like kind of chopped and screwed. So yeah, for the musicians, you never know, like whatever you contribute, you just don't know how that's going to be used or even if that's going to be used. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So you, you said this was like 14th version, maybe? Is that right, Cyril? I think 14th? so, yeah. I think, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Cool. That, that's super fun. That wave is uh, 56 minutes long. The second wave is 54. No, no, like 
26 and then the third wave is 54 or four, something like this and the fourth wave the latest one is very short yet still hmm. we've just started it yeah oh that's cool so yeah so, so we, you get... we, you, we were talking about the world music earlier dimitri but this is music from the world yeah yeah Definitely. i mean literally you have people from all over the place just jumping yeah, in and creating yeah. stuff effortlessly yeah. in a lot of ways right because they they don't actually have to like hey, let's talk about this and let's write this together no. and let's sort it out. No, no, no. The, the only conversation is music. That's super interesting. It's like, it's like the backstage of a giant, gigantic club where you oh, have really? all the hip musicians coming in, coming from all genres and styles and places and discussing um, a, a, a track, a song, discussing and music. It's such a light lift for the musicians too, potentially. Like if... If, if they want to load up a version, just, just jam down or take a guitar and upload it. You don't have to be too precious about it because it's, it's, it's DNA for the producer to, to splice, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so um, I mean, and it's hard to follow that with the kind of business questions that I normally <laughs> ask about the, the business model and, and the technology and things. <laughs> Go ahead, Cyril. Yeah, knowing that this is half of the... I would say the product. This is half of what we're building. Is this creation side, the collaboration side? The other half is how that actually works, you mean? No, the other part is is the the marketplace and, yeah, yeah. and all the, yes. Yeah. Gotcha. And distribution and, and, and so on. Okay, before we get there, what, I mean, the, the, you've showed it to me, Mark. The interface looks really simple, for, for me anyway, when I looked on it. What... What decisions did you have to make about the user interva interface to make it so so easy for users? So many. <laughs> <laughs> what does it look like when you get there, or, or when you've been invited to participate in a track? Yeah, when you if you come on board, if you come to EverWave and you're, you haven't participated, then in true blockchain fashion, the first thing you're going to need to do is connect your wallet. You know, this is we're, we're building on Solana, so you collect your connect your Phantom wallet. You sign up through a registration type form, which is pretty normal. And then um, the team will approve you or not. Um, and we're approving based on, it's not subjective like, oh, do we think you're dope? It's more like, do you do, you do music? If this is what you actually do, come in, come in and play. Um, and then once you're approved, you can choose on each wave, do you want to be a musician or a producer? And then the whole, the whole interface is, I think it's very seamless and pretty simple to follow. We haven't had issues where people don't understand the workflow because the collaboration app is really just about, it's, it's fundamentally about uploading and downloading files, which we all know how to do at this point. Got it. Yeah. You know, we're going to take a quick break, but I want to get more into this about the, about the collaboration, about the compensation, about the, all the stuff that Cyril was talking about in terms of oh, the yeah. business model as well. We'll be right back. Bailey here with big news from the Music Tectonics team. The Music Tectonics Conference returns October 24th through 26th, 2023. We're organizing three amazing days in Santa Monica, California. Save the dates for high-energy panels, insightful keynotes, a startup pitch competition, innovative exhibitors, networking, and more. We'll be returning to some of the fun beachside venues our attendees loved last year and adding some new unexpected places and experiences. Early bird tickets go on sale April 24th. A limited number of super early bird discount tickets will be available. Sign up to get notified when they go on sale at musictectonics.com. 
You'll get updated on the music tech and innovation programming we're planning for this year's conference and insider details. Is your company ready to take center stage at the conference? Let's talk about sponsorship opportunities. There's a contact form at musictectonics.com. See you in California, October 24th through 26th. Now back to the episode. Okay, we are back, and I, I we got to hear that great piece that you guys have been working on through Everwave and, and start to talk a little bit about it. But I'm curious, how are musical collaborators compensated on Everwave? So basically, when you join Everwave as a contributor, you join a, because you, it's the beautiful world of blockchain, you join a DAO. That is the central part of Everwave. That DAO, that central part, is going to govern all the music redistribution and all the rights, music right management. What happens is when, as a contributor, you get two parts of rewards. First, because you contributed on in a wave or in a version that's been chosen, and I'll explain the chosen part before, uh, after, sorry, uh, you get a rewards in token, airdrop of tokens. We talked about it briefly earlier, but Everwave is as well a token. And then once the, the product of the wave, which means the wave and all the parts that contribute the waves are on sale on the, plat on the marketplace and eventually on the DSPs of this world, all revenues are redistributed among contributors via token drops, via tokens. Yeah, so to so to kind of expand on that a little bit, each wave when it launches has its own smart contract. That smart contract has X number of wave tokens locked in it, which are the token reward in this kind of create to earn model. That token reward gets split evenly between all the contributors of the wave when the wave closes. So whether you contribute a hand clap or a vocal or a production or a string section, those are all worth the same in this collaboration ecosystem. Um, and when that wave closes, as, as Cyril mentioned, the whole wave becomes an NFT. Presuming an NFT sale, that income goes back to the same smart contract. Then we get to a point where versions go to streaming platforms. Any streaming royalties or sync royalties come back on-chain on to the same smart contract and go to the people who contributed to that specific asset. Wow, that is, that is a really discreet and beautiful simplicity to it in a way the way you describe it it's like why why hasn't music always worked this way <laughs> i mean i think i think we've all if, if anyone has had the experience of collaborating making music in a professional capacity i think we've all had that conversation had to have that conversation of you know what's my share worth what's my split worth who's registering this where does the who's paying the royalties like, does the artist get paid the royalties from the label and the artist redistributes to the collaborators and all these convoluted things which have kind of set the status quo of the music industry as we know it. And so being able to reimagine that has been really fun and important for us. Man, Mark, as you're talking about it, I mean, we've never had an artist on the podcast say those words about how 
you've had all those conversations. I can imagine it could get sort of, um, in a traditional setting, it could get a little bit controversial, a little bit heated, where someone's like, wait, no, I, I practically wrote that song. It's like, dude, you were literally just clapping your hands. No, no, because I told you to get rid of the bass and to ra- bring a horn section in. Yeah, you said that, but you didn't do anything about it. Exactly. Specifically, if, you, if it's 20 musicians and three producers. Or forty musicians and fifteen, producers. which is what these are. Well, and yes, the conversation about the contributors on a wave—it's that's that's about the amount of people that are going to be involved and more eventually. So it, it, it's totally yeah. We changed the whole shebang. The whole the whole way of doing things is is, is different because it's very apart from anything else. Nobody has produced music that way ever, pretty much, um, and we don't know where it's going. But the idea of like music. Our music makers from all over getting together to produce art together and represent it as one entity that they own as well. It's like, mm. you know, it's new. You, yeah, you make music with people and you own with people. And that, yeah, it's interesting to put that at the front of the conversation. Like, as soon as before you even play a first note, at least if you're a musical contributor as opposed to the original um, uh, origin contributor, you you're, you already know, like, I don't have to worry about the stakes in the game because it's already built into the model. Like, you know, like, I, I don't have to worry if I'm selling this to a record label. I don't have to worry if I'm a sideman instead of a, a featured artist or anything like that. It's already there. So all you have to do is make music. <laughs> or, or say no from the get-go. You, you, you might be against the idea or not being able to do it for some reason. And it's fine we it's totally fine but if you come to Everwave, this is the idea you come to share your art and make art with everybody and do something that's pretty incredible and in that structure as a DAO um and I'm sure some listeners are very familiar with that but may others maybe not where the Everwave the wave token which is our governance token that represents essentially shares in the DAO so by contributing and getting this create to earn token airdrop you therefore are a shareholder in the DAO and the DAO is under an LLC. So therefore you are a part owner of the LLC. So then when, when we have music released and, um, you know, J Cole wants to sample this version and then the U S army wants to license this version, then everyone who's a token holder can vote on that. It's like, no U S army, you can't have this J Cole. Yes, you can have this. And then that license fee goes back to the smart contract. So having this idea of collective governance and collective ownership, but then the revenue stream goes to the specific people who contributed to that asset, I think is a really interesting um, concept. There must be some decisions that have to be made about the finished project. Like you mentioned, Mark, oh, if it goes off to a streaming service, then any revenue comes back into the, the, the collaborative group. But, who gets to decide which variation of the wave goes to the streaming services? It's voted, it's voted on by the community. Actually, what happens is when the wave closes, the all the versions, the brick, the, the the building blocks of the the wave, let's say twenty versions, go to vote, and the community says, okay, we this those are the the ones that we like the most, and that should go to DSPs. Those the other ones, not for now. So it's like the community votes, decides, makes somehow an artistic vote 
producing votes saying, okay, this is cool, this is cool, this not much, this is interesting, artistically this is really cool, and so on. So there's a choice by people making the music about what the music should be and, and how the, the, this specific wave should look like. Do those votes happen through the Everwave platform or do they happen off platform? So the voting is like, I mean, current, we're, we're literally still mid-build with some modules of the whole project. Um, so we do envisage with the, with the first beta wave closing, those votes will be through the Discord community. And then moving forward, we want to have that as a you know bespoke part of the platform for sure. Gotcha. And the distribution also is not there yet, but it could be in the future. The distribution, I mean, the, the, the oh, you mean the, the Web2 distribution or the? Yeah, yeah, to the DSPs. Yeah, so, so we, we have those relationships set up. And so Everwave is set up as, as a publishing entity. We have a distribution partner locked in. And so all those things are just ready for the first wave to close and assets go to, to DSPs. Awesome. Cool. Well, um, how did how did Everwave get started and how did the two of you get involved? Cyril or you. <laughs> uh-huh. I had, I, I'm the guy who came up with that silly idea, I have to say. Uh, pre, in a minute, pre-COVID, I was at an exhibit in France of a photograph called JR, a French photographer who takes pictures of uh, mostly uh, faces, you know, pictures of people. And it was like a, a fresco and, and a very large photograph with tons of people and I and I saw a wave and I saw people just as contributors of something musical and I imagined that infinite loop where people would go in from that you exactly that idea of saying we open with a simple musical idea people go in and eventually AI will take everything and make it different and every time different and you produce a piece of art in about three months that's global that's the idea that was Eventually, COVID, I met people and I met Alex there, the French entrepreneur coming to the Silicon Valley via uh, Asia, where he was a um, successful entrepreneur in, in Web3 and blockchain. And he has as well, he's a music uh, fan and crazy guy and has a label uh, in Japan. I mean, you see that kind of a crazy meeting. And we, disc- we were talking about things. And when he heard the idea of Everwave, he thought it was very silly and should be worked on and decided to put on the whole Web3 aspect of it. Meaning- yeah, he, he, he foresaw the, the, the benefit of blockchain administration, definitely. Mm. Um, From that, we had, a, we had conversations with people and then Mark was, uh, because he's in the Web3 space, he was, uh, he talked to um, Alex and he came in early and uh, people came in early and Mark has been, yeah, has been very early. And since Mark came though, I mean, we built the whole thing and now it's, it's, uh, I would say 10 core team people uh, from all over decentralized, new office, everybody on discord and, and then uh, people and then fans and uh, maybe a community of, of 300 or people and it's growing and it's artists and it's great. Nice. Excellent. Well, cool. I want to widen out in just a minute and see what some other things you guys are thinking about, like where things are going in the music industry. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, that's what I want to ask you. If you listen to our recent episode with Tim Exile, you heard him talk about the Endless Arcade, a retro arcade console for making cutting edge beats. Well, we're bringing you a chance to play with one at the NAMM Show 2023. 
Music Tectonics and Triple G Ventures are teaming up with the most creative new musical inventions at our Innovate at NAM booth. If you're attending the show this April in Anaheim, meet us at the convention center number 10105. The Endless Arcade is just one of the music-making tools and toys you can demo. Will I see you in Anaheim? All right, we're back with Mark and Cyril from Everwave, and it's time to get (laughs) sci-fi. So guys, uh, on the episode, we frequently do this. Imagine the music industry in 20 years. What do you see? Which one of you wants to go first? I have 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 many thoughts on this, but to share a couple. (laughs) um, One I think is pretty simple from a consumer point of view. I'm really excited to look forward to the time when I can download from Spotify or whatever it might be and print that on my 3D printer as a high fidelity vinyl. Oh, that's the, wicked. The purists, which you know, and audiophiles who love the warmth and the nostalgia and experience of vinyl, would do like I would do that. Like I would rather listen to something off vinyl than off Spotify. And if my 3D printer, because they can do it now, but low fidelity. So I think that's that's going to come. So I like that. Um, and then on a on a kind of a more creative point of view, I'm really excited about what AI is going to bring to the table. You know, we already have some incredible things happening. Um, and I think that for most people in the music industry who understand AI, we know that it's very, very, very early. There's so much more to come. But if I could like you know sit down at a piano play a few bars of an idea, have the AI create the accompaniment in real time, and then maybe making suggestions which I implement or not, like, you know, what would Prince do? Or or if I could or if I could jam with an ML like machine learning trained AI, I could jam with my favorite musicians and have like, you know, Manu Dubango and Jaco Pistorius and Max Roach jamming with me in the metaverse. I'm here for that. So that's those, that's off the that's off the, off the top anyway. <laughs> Man, that that is great, Mark. Um, <laughs> wow, you know, it makes me want to ask you. And, and Cyril, if you've got some sci-fi stuff, we'll get. We definitely want to hear yours. It sounds like you're already there with this Everwave concept that you came up with. But but but, Mark, um, there's so much fear about AI, and you're like, no, I want to jam with it. Tell me, yeah. are, do you do you have any fear? Do you have any concern that AI is going to uh, take away jobs for musicians or uh, c- clutter the marketplace or I guess the other one. Well, let's answer those questions first, and then I'll ask about IP later. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I I think that um, well, obviously there's a lot of conversation around this, and whether it's like Chat GP, Chat GPT taking away journalists' work, or we're already seeing those conversations. And I just I, I think the, I think we're underestimating ourselves as human beings, and I believe that tools are always to be kind of deployed and used by the the the, the, the creative and I, I don't think mm. tools are there to dictate terms to us and so how we choose to use things will be what it is and yeah i can see generic ad music being created by ai for sure but i can't i mean you know there'll only be one way and shorter i don't care how much machine learning you do and if I can improvise with a Wayne Shorter machine learning AI, cool, but it still won't be Wayne Shorter. And so I think there's something just inherently beautiful about the human experience in the creative arts that is absolutely irreplaceable and that AI becomes another tool to help support the process. 
I love it. It's so great to hear, especially from a musical veteran who's worked in so many genres and done so many different th- types of things from studio to live and everything else. Andy Dang, to, you know, to hear about all, all that. But what do you think about the reference sources and how they get used? Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, that's the other concern. I love this conversation because so I grew up as a piano player and one of my biggest heroes has always been and always will be Herbie Hancock. And if you listen to me play and you know Herbie's work really well, there might be some isms. You'll be like, oh, he's into Herbie. And so in the in that bigger picture of IP, machine learning, et cetera, et cetera, we already do that in an organic way. You know, I'm an amalgamation of everything I've been inspired by and everything I've studied. So should, I, should that go through a machine learning um, algorithm instead of me just doing it organically? I don't see the difference. It's like if... If I, if I personally, as Mark DeClive Lowe, as an artist, as a musician, if my language and music can be part of the the God cloud of open source information, I want to be a part of that. Like, why would I not? Because it's not my music to start with. You know, I'm a conduit for creativity. I didn't invent anything and, you know, strike me down. Neither did Herbie Hancock. <laughs> you know, Herbie is a conduit for his history and his influences. So I think that machine learning is this, is actually exactly the same thing. Amazing. Great. So Cyril, I don't want to take uh, take away the opportunity. Did you have a sci-fi uh, of image of what you're, you're going to see? <laughs> what, what do you see 20 years from now, Cyril? <laughs> of course I do. So I need to bounce back on what uh, Mark was saying, because uh, the other day I came upon a letter by Nick Cave answering a question from one of his fans about AI and can AI made a great song. It was actually an old question from 2019. The answer is the following, and I have to say he's very right. But the answer is saying basically when you listen to a song, you're not listening to a series of notes put together with a beat, with a vocal on it, with some emotion. You're listening to a... a guy who's burning his guitar playing a solo. You're listening to a young guy from the west coast of the US uh, growing up and uh, being bold enough to take a mic and and shout is despair of the world and it creates legendary bands and so on. This is you listening to the human experience. Mm -hmm. So by essence, the AI won't produce that, which is fine. So going back to the, the, the vision in 20 years, I think you'll have purely entire system built around fake bands, only AI bands producing AI music and AI visual AI world with VR augmented reality. That's for sure. Then you'll have people playing saxophone in jazz club. That's for sure. And then in the middle, there might be some dudes who come up with a way to take that AI and give that to give them a, a superpower and a, you know, a way of, of being hyper creative and do some more mm-hmm. and better music. In the case of Everwave, we are for, you know, this notion of collective intelligence. So now we're gathering collective intelligence, not AI. We're gathering this. We are a tool to gather people's genius and bring it together and make music together. But then if you add AI to the to the spiel, which will happen because mm-hmm. we are here and we are eyes open. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely. Nice. Wow. It, it, it almost makes it sound like for you guys, 
AI is the uh, oblique strategies card deck from Brian Eno. It's the it's the thing that just spawn you into having another musical conversation or another musical inspiration. Yeah, why not? I mean, technology has always has always moved us forward. I mean, the piano is technology, the saxophone is technology. You know, the pen is technology. So to be to have fear around technology is and is and jumping on that as every time new technology came up, there was a new type of artist that came up with yeah. vinyls. It was Louis Armstrong and the jazz. He became a superstar with freaking videos, VHS. It was like suddenly Michael Jackson and all this whole series of people became mm -hmm. huge stars. Then mm -hmm. you have the, the the hip hop with the freaking MP3 and and streaming. My point is. AI is going to generate something new, you know, totally. and, and we'll be part of it because we do music and whatever. And That's to, what to we that, do. To that point, vinyl was never intended to be hand manipulated back and forth on a turntable in the Bronx to create a whole yeah. cultural lifestyle <clears throat> genre. But that's what happens, right? We put technology in humans' hands and we get creative. Now, that being said, it's going to be all over. It's going to be awful too. So we have to think <laughs> as, as human beings what we want to be thinking about. That's another yeah. question that we're going to address when you ask us in a few seconds, what thinkers did we think about before coming in? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. <laughs> wow, how did you know, man? Yeah, he must be using AI. He can predict my questions. Yeah, dude, I was but <laughs> as, as our listeners know, we like to build our network on this podcast. Um, and, and as we bring in guests like you guys, amazing conversation. Love it. Um, would love to see who from you do you think of that you're, you're paying attention? Who are the three uh, thought leaders or startups we might not have heard of that we should be following? Uh, who yeah. wants to go first? Mark? I, mean, I, I know we both have a lot, so I'll offer a couple and then hand over to Cyril. Um, one of my favorite forward thinkers is a guy named Andrew Dubber. Um, he's based in Stockholm and runs the MTF Labs, the Music Tech Fest Labs. He's, he's a Kiwi, actually, also. and we, we ran my first record label together in the mid-90s. But for the last decade, he's been running this Music Tech Fest, which is a really open-minded hackathon. And now it's a series of labs, which goes all over the world. So I, I love what they're doing. Um, and another I'd like to highlight is Dan Tepfer. You know, we were just speaking about this kind of intersection of musicianship and AI. Dan Tepfer is a complete genius. He's, he's a piano player on a level beyond accomplishment, but he's also a really high level coder, like really actively bridging the intersections of science and art and coding and improvisation and algorithms and people. Um, and yeah, probably the most able musician and coder that I've come across. So Dan Tepfer for the win, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks, Mark. Sarah, what about you? Uh, a few, of course. Uh, quickly, one that I read daily, Seth Godin, S-T-A-S-E-T-H, sorry, G-O-D-I-N, Seth Godin. He's a marketer. Um, he writes books, creates companies, and he's very smart. And the way... He talks about and describes everything that happens in our world, among other things, in music, AI, is fascinating. And uh, I tend to um, <clears throat> not pay attention to a lot of things. As a, uh, but there's a few things I, I read daily. This guy, Seth Godin. Another one that <clears throat> sorry, is very um, eye-opening to me is uh, Kenny Werner, the pianist. Oh, yeah. Um, he talks about... Um, mastery and effort his whole theory is called effortless mastery it's the idea 
of working so much that you end up performing, watching yourself perform. Mm. Totally zen. Mm. Nice. It's Great. brilliant. I to any musicians and people actually for anyone, but it's basically there's a space in human brain where where great ideas are born mm, where great nice. music is born where any any and it's in everybody's mind so he teaches and talks about reaching that place well guys this has been amazing i i feel like you transfer fluidly from thought leaders and musicians in how you think and how you converse and who you're suggesting we follow and reach out to as well. And it really just adds even more color and uh, dimension to what you've built with Everwave. I can't wait to see this thing grow and see what music comes out of it. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. If anyone wants to check out Everwave and try to get in on the action, where should they go? What should they do? Jump online and go to everwave.xyz, which is our landing page. It leads to the, the web app and the Discord. Um, Slight disclaimer, this is a desktop app at the moment. Mobile will come. Um, but yeah, the desktop experience is where it's at. But we, we would love to connect with anyone who, whether they're a musician or a producer or just a music lover or just curious, like we, we want to connect with everyone and, you know, have them join this adventure to, to see what's possible outside of the status quo of the music industry that we currently live in. Excellent. Mark, Cyril, thanks so much for joining me on Music Tectonics. Thank you, Dimitri. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We have new episodes for you every week. Did you know you can dig deeper into all our episodes with the show notes at musictectonics.com. While you're there, look for the latest about our annual conference, sign up for our newsletter to get updates, or get the Music Tectonics app for music tech news. Everything we do explores seismic shifts that shake up music and technology, the way the Earth's tectonic plates cause quakes and make mountains. Connect with Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and find me, Dimitri Vitsa, if you can spell it, on LinkedIn. Bye-bye! You're listening to Music Tectonics.